you guys. Welcome back to the All for God Soul Deo Gloria podcast. Our guest for today is Chris Morgan. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm also super excited for this because this pot, this is going to be our first episode with a teen. And since the, epi- the podcast is meant for teens, it's going to be really good. And congratulations on getting your thousandth point the other night. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you. It was awesome. Awesome. And before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm Chris Morgan. Um, I'm a junior at Kakana High School in Wisconsin. Um, I got to know Chloe through uh, Jason Otter and Otter Basketball um, and all the good stuff that he does and um, all the great people that he's put me in contact with. Um, that's how I came to know you, Chloe. And I, uh, I've uh, been listening to, uh, to your podcast, and I think there's some really great stuff on here. Thank you. And we're going to hop right in. So when did you become saved? Um, well, you know, growing up, um, obviously I'm, I'm still pretty young, but, um, for, for pretty much as long as I can remember, you know, my, uh, my mom and dad have, have, uh, had me in the church and have had all those values instilled in me. And, um, you know, obviously God and Jesus have, have always been such a big part of my life. Um, all the way back that I can remember. So I don't really know if there's one specific, uh, specific time, but it's just, you know, the, the magnitude of, of being that close and, and that strong in my faith over however many years. Yeah. And what motivates you as a Christian? Because obviously, um, when you aren't a Christian, you have different things that motivate you to do things, mm-hmm. but obviously you're a Christian. And so what motivates you to do everything that you do? Yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, uh, the servant, the servant mindset, you know, we're all put here to serve, serve a mm-hmm. purpose that is, uh, that is God and, and Jesus's purpose. So, um, a lot of what, what about, what I try to do is, um, based on, you know, how can I, how can I help the people around me? How can I be kind? How can I, how can I be compassionate? How can I spread God's will, you know? Um, so I really try to try to focus on that, that servant, servant leadership, servant mindset type, type of thing. Yeah, that's really good. And um, obviously you're really, really good at basketball. I mean, you did just get your thousandth point mm-hmm. and um, I was wondering, do you get a lot of pressure to have to live up to other people's expectations? Um, you know, there, there is, there is always that, uh, that stigma of, you know, especially with everything on social media now and everything being so visible that, um, you can see what other people are doing and always want to compare. But, um, I think one of the, one of the most important things that you can learn as you continue to develop and grow as, um, a person is, you got to you got to focus on, you know, what you're doing good and and focus on the positives that you have within yourself, you know. Um a big thing uh that I learned from from very early age um from all the great, you know, role models in my life was uh comparison is uh the killer of all happiness. Um you know, so what that means is you you know, you can always look at someone and be like, "Oh, well they're doing this better than me. They're, you know, they're doing whatever better than me. They're they're competing harder than me. They're they're a better person than me. All this, all this stuff that can kind of creep in there when you see other people and how they do it. But um, you really just got to try and lock into yourself, and you got to think, how can I be the best person I can be, and how can I make everyone else around me better? 
Um, so I think that's that's a really big thing when at least you talk about comparisons or pressure of living up to other people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you guys listening might not know, but your brother, what he was drafted in the NFL as a quarterback mm-hmm. last year, right? Correct. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And I was wondering if it is it hard having a brother in the NFL because you might get compared to him or feel like you have to live up to that or anything. Yeah, you know, so when this was a big uh big thing for me when I was younger, you know, I was I always used to be scared about um if I could be as good as him or if I could achieve the thing that he the things that he had achieved um in sports at least and I think my brother has done a great job of uh keeping those comparisons or whatever at at bay with me, you know, he, he has always made it a big deal to celebrate my accomplishments, um, no matter how small or, or whatever. Um, he's always been there and he's always encouraged me greatly. Um, as well as my parents, you know, my parents do a great job. Um, cause obviously that, that can be a tough thing, especially with a little kid like me growing up with such a, such a successful brother, right. That can be, uh, yeah. that, that can be, um, agonizing or, or, uh, angst angst filled at times but they they you know they teach me and they uh they taught me to be happy for everyone you know because you want you want great things to happen to the ones you love um and so i never had any jealousy or or any fear about being um being lesser or anything because of what all those guys did for me and i i'm extremely thankful for that because i could be in a completely different situation without it so Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really awesome that your parents and brother are always trying to make sure that you don't have to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you balance um, keeping your competitive level at a good level without crossing a line, like making sure that you are always glorifying God in all mm-hmm. that you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is, this is a great question, Chloe. Because um, sometimes, you know, sometimes you can just get so competitive that it, it does get a little blurry, you know? Um but I, I, uh, one thing that I do is I always have a little, um, you know, I'll pick out a, a Bible verse or whatever it is, or I'll pick out something that I saw about God or whatever, and, and I'll write it down on the top of my shoe so I can look at it because I'm one of those guys, you know, I, I, I am extremely competitive, and sometimes that can, that can get to a fault, you know. So anytime yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit to the edge, I kind of just take a peek down, and I remember, you know, I remember the true purpose. I remember that um, – you know, it's just a game and no matter what happens, it's, you know, it's not why I'm here. You know, I'm here to, I'm here to, I'm here to fill, fulfill God's will and I'm here to do his, uh, do his doing. So that, that kind of is what helps me, you know, at least with the competitive side of it. But I think that just always having that in the back of your head, that that is really why you're doing everything is, is really helpful. Yeah, that is really good. What you just said, um, always remembering that what you're doing is for God and mm-hmm. you're not doing it for yourself. I exactly. Think that would definitely- help you not to cross the line and taking competitiveness too far exactly and obviously you have probably have a lot on your plate and you have school you have basketball mm-hmm. spending time with your friends and teammates etc mm-hmm. how do you balance your life with your time management how do you keep everything in check yeah um so my big thing um is i i love to have everything planned out um, and I love to compartmentalize my time. So um, I always put, I always put, you know, my priorities up there, right? So I got church every Sunday, you know, that that's a non-negotiable. I'm going to be there, you know, that can't be switched. Um, and then I've got, you know, I've got to do workouts. I've got to do schoolwork. You know, those are things that just can't be moved. 
But well, by planning all these things out and saying, okay, you know, I've got church Sunday. I've got to work out from, you know, 12 to three or something. Now I'm able to kind of move my, move my time around and plan it. So, uh, work out 12 to three. I got homework from four to five. Now I've got, you know, I've got from five to nine and, you know, maybe I've got, you know, 10 to 12 after church to kind of play around with. And that way I can, you know, I can still kind of, I can go visit my friends if I want. Um, I can, I can relax if I need to relax. I can, you know, spend some time with my mom, spend some time with my dad. Um, I can really be flexible with how my time works. But I think the big thing is, is being organized and being, you know, methodical with how you spend your time. I think that's such a big deal, not only for, um, you know, not getting behind or whatever, whatever that is, but also being, you know, disciplined. Um, cause everything comes back to discipline. I think that's a big thing. Yeah, that's really good what you said. Um, always remembering to, if you're organized and you have stuff planned out, then you're going to have extra time mm-hmm. to do extra things. Yeah. And you said about like going to church on Sunday. And I was just curious to know, because, you know, COVID's still going on right now. Mm-hmm. If you're, are you guys allowed to go to in-person church? In yeah. So um, right now we, we go to a church um, back in, back in Green Bay. Um, I moved from Green Bay to K- the Kakana area, but we still go to a church in Green Bay. And um, what they have is they've got kind of like these visitation hour things where you can you can go um, and, you you know, you got to be spaced out, wear your mask, you know, follow all these all the COVID protocols and all that stuff. Um, but you still get some time to be able to be in there and do your devotions and all that. So it's a pretty nice deal. Yeah, I was just curious to know because – in Arizona, a lot of the churches are shut down. Yeah, and that that's the same thing here. There are a lot of churches shut down, but thankfully, uh, thankfully, mine, uh, mine is still able to at least be be partially, partially open, partially able to do what it used to. Yeah, and we're just gonna keep going on with the interview now. And um, my next question is: What is something that you personally struggle with a lot? As a Christian, as a student athlete, just what is something that you personally struggle with? And what would be your advice to other people who are struggling with that? That's a great question. Um, let's see. As a Christian, something I struggle with, um, I think can go back to uh, go back to my why sometimes. I know I talked about earlier that everything you do is, is for a greater purpose. Um, but I think in the heat of the moment, sometimes I can forget that, you know. Um, I can, I can tend to internalize all this stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's about me when it's really not about me, you know, um, it never is and it never will be. Um, it's about God and it's about doing, um, doing what I was put here for. So I think, I think that is something that I can struggle with sometimes. Um, but, uh, giving advice on how to help it, I'd probably say just, you know, it's, you gotta be, you gotta be disciplined with how you think, you know, you gotta remind yourself every day, you gotta do your devotional, you gotta pray, you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure that you're, you're remembering every single day what it's really about. Um, I think that, I think that is the best advice that I can give, or at least the best advice that I'd have at this time. Um, and then something that I struggle with for basketball. Um, I think, I think with basketball, Sometimes I can struggle with um, getting too getting too focused on basketball. Um, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense right now, but um, when when you put so much time into something, 
um, and, you know, you're doing it for, you know, three, four hours a day, you're working, you're giving it, you're all, I think it's, it's very easy to get lost in it sometimes. You know, you can start thinking that basketball is, is everything right now and everything's going on. Yeah. With It's all around basketball, and that's who I am. I'm a basketball guy. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to remember that, that basketball is it's going to be gone someday, you know. We, we can't play forever. Um, you can love it and you can play it while you're playing, but eventually, you know, someday I want to look back and I want to be judged on, on my character and my integrity and how kind I was and how compassionate I was and how great of a person I was, how good of a servant I was, um, rather than, you know, my handles or my jump shot, you know? So I think, I think that's something that I can struggle with, um, with basketball, at least is just getting roped into, roped into it too much. I think that that's probably the main problem that a lot of Christian student athletes have is that they probably get so wrapped up in whatever sport it is that they're playing Mm -hmm. that they begin to forget what life is all about. And they they try to find their identity and their sport or whatever else it is instead of remembering that, you know, your identity is in Christ and everything you should be doing should be for Christ. And sometimes as an athlete, it can be easy to forget that. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Do you have, like, a mentor or somebody that helps to keep you in check spiritually as a Christian? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd say, you know, my mom My mom has always been a big one with that for me, you know. Um, she's always checking on me to make sure um, I'm getting my, getting my stuff done in terms of, of uh, you know, church related things or, or whatever, you know, she's always the one to wake me up on Sundays and, you know, get me going when we would go, you know, back when, uh, back before COVID and all that stuff. And, um, I think she has probably been, been my biggest, my biggest influence, um, as well as my grandma. My grandma has always been, um, extremely spiritual, um, something that she always prioritized with me when I was younger, um, was, was God and Jesus, and she always put that put that as a as a top priority for me, and I think that that really helped, you know, because when you're when you're that young, um, seeing those that you love and those that you look up to, um, seeing what they care about and what they love um, can really rub off on you. And I think that's exactly what happened. Um, I think they did a great job instilling that in me. Um, but if I were to give one one main main mentor, I'd probably have to go with. Uh, go with my mom just because of her um, consistency and her persistence in uh, in keeping me keeping me faithful and keeping me inside of um, who I want to be. Uh, I think she's done a really good job. And I like a lot of people that are Christians. They think they're they are blessed enough that they've been raised in a Christian family and most of the time their parents are Christians. Mm -hmm. But what would be your advice to somebody whose parents maybe aren't a Christian and they don't have many people in their family that they can go to as a mentor? Mm -hmm. Um, What would be your advice to them on how to find a mentor? Um, It's a tricky situation. I would, I would say um, one of the great things you could do is, um, if you can, you, you can try to get to, uh, get to a parish, um, or a church and, um, see if you can, you can speak with someone there and, you know, it may not be someone as close to you, but it, it could be someone who has a great impact on your life just because of, uh, what they're able to provide for you in terms of 
what you're looking for as a Christian. Um, I think that would be a really good thing. Um, and then I also think, you know, just being able to take, take your, your spiritual beliefs and, and all that and take it into your own, you know, your own hands, you know, if, if you're not getting that, um, if you're not getting the, the mentorship from, like you said, a, a mom or a dad or a family member, or a loved one or, or anything like that, you know, you can, you can take it upon yourself to really, really dive in um, and really in, in, engulf yourself in, in what you want to learn, you know? So if, if you want to be a Christian, um, but your family is, you know, non-religious or anything like this, you know, you can, you can go on your own and you can, you know, you can read the Bible, you know, you can read the text, you can, you can learn more about God and more about Jesus and how he died for us and, um, his many wonders, um, on your own you know, and you can take charge of that. And I think that's, that's a really great thing that someone can do because then, you know, it's self-taught, it's self-led, it's self-oriented. And I think that just cements that bond even a little bit more. Yeah, that's really good. And my advice on the matter would be, I think you said it too, is try to find like a church, someone at your church, like mm-hmm. a pastor, yeah. somebody and you can use as a mentor. And kind of going off of this, um, I was actually talking to somebody earlier today who works for the FCA, which is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, you know, at your high school, like, do you have somebody that comes to help you stay connected with Christian athletes? Or do you have some other way? I was just Yeah, uh, no, 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 that, that, that's a good question. Um, we, we do not have an, an official... Um, an official kind of kind of representative that comes to our school and does that with our sports teams. So a lot of a lot of like my my stuff with you know athletics and God and all that is is more self driven. Um, you know, so I I take it upon myself. I try to take it upon myself to to be doing all that on my own. Um, and I think that that's a good thing for me. And you know, it might not be for everybody, but um, I think at least for me, it's a huge part of, of me as an athlete and it's a huge part of me as a person. So even though we may not have an official representative or or an official kind of guy coming in to do all that, um, I think it's a good thing for, for many athletes and, and, you know, myself included to, to be taking that on and onto yourself and be doing the best you can. Yeah, that's, that's good advice right there. And, um, I was wondering, because you're in high school, obviously, and you go to a public school, Mm -hmm. and I'm homeschooled, so I really, the only people I ever see are my teammates, Mm -hmm. especially because of COVID now, and I was wondering, um, like, have you ever had times in your high school where you've had people doing bad stuff or doing stuff that you knew they shouldn't have been, Mm -hmm. that you've been put in a difficult situation, and if you were, what did you do, and what would be your advice to other people? that might be put in that situation. Yeah, um for sure. Um there there's been many occasions where uh where that has been that that's been uh that's been put to put to the test, you know, my uh my beliefs and all that. Um you know, it, it's something that I think picks up a little bit more in high school and and it keeps, you know, divulging as you progress, you know, in college and and into your life. Um I think there's a lot of people that um, do things that, you know, don't really align with what I believe in. Um, so, you know, it, it has happened. There's been, there's been many times, um, even in high school where, where that's been going on. But I think, 
um, the best thing you can do is just try to limit, limit those, you know, limit those occasions and really be specific with who you surround yourself with. Um, you know, cause that's, that's what I've done. You know, I, I, uh, I'm very specific with who I hang out with, who I'm around, you know, they're all guys I can trust and, uh, they're people that I know have the same beliefs, same, same values as me. Um, and so by doing that, I'm able to, uh, I'm able to eliminate a lot of, uh, a lot of the possibility for, for temptation, you know? Um, I think, uh, if, if you can, if you can minimize, you know, or, or try not to put yourself in, in, uh, improper or difficult situations, I think that, you know, that, that makes all the more different, but if you are put into one of those situations, you know, I think, I think the best thing you can do is, um, just, just stay true to yourself. You know, you gotta, you gotta know what you believe in. And you got to be you got to be confident enough in your convictions to be able to say no. And uh, sometimes that can be tough because sometimes it can be coming from people you consider your friends. You know, um, it can be it can be one of your best buds trying to trying to get you to do some not so good stuff. But you got to be you know, you got to be you got to be in tone with who you are and you got to you got to know know what you believe in and what you value. And you got to be able to say, no, that's that's not what I want to do, you know. Um, so I think being in, being in tune with yourself and, you know, knowing what you want and knowing where you want to go, I think that's a big thing, but the best advice for, for not being, not being in any of those situations is just know who you're surrounding yourself with, um, and make sure there are people who have, you know, values and I mean, maybe not the same beliefs, but at least, you know, won't put you in any, any difficult situations like that. Yeah, I think that it's okay if the people that you hang out with aren't necessarily Christians, mm-hmm. because maybe you can help them become a Christian, mm-hmm. but you don't want to surround yourself with people who do the absolute like opposite of what you as a Christian believe. Exactly, and and that goes back to you know your bigger purpose. You know, you're here to you're here to spread God's you're here to spread God's glory. You know, so mm-hmm. you know it, it's all good if if people you know aren't aren't Christians around you or whatever and you can do your best to to try and try and enlighten and and try to spread the word spread the gospel and um that's all you can do you know so I I think that's I think what you said there is really really good um I think it carries a lot of weight yeah and we're gonna go like back to more um dealing with stuff with basketball for a second real quick before Mm -hmm. we get into a new segment And this is something that I deal with a lot personally that I can get really upset about is that when my dad's not coaching me, I tend to, like, I know that the coach is telling me to do something that I know that I shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And what would be your advice on how to deal with disagreements with coaches or refs or teachers, whatever it is? Um, yeah, so th- this is this is a great thing, you know, because this is this is definitely going to happen no matter where you are. You know, there's going to be disagreements. Um, this is something that's happened with me um, numerous amounts of times. Um, and what I've always found is, you know, the best the best place to discuss anything with anybody um, is in a private one on one setting, you know, where there aren't there aren't heated emotions. You know, you're not you're not in the in the heat of the moment or anything like that. You know, if it's a coach, you know, maybe give it a day, give them a call. Um, and then discuss your issue. Um, if it's a teacher, maybe email them, set up a time that you can come meet during lunch, you know, before school, after school, anything like that, and uh, be able to discuss, you know, whatever whatever the problem may be, 
um, in a one-on-one -on -one private, you know, controlled environment. I think that's really important, you know, because sometimes, you know, there could be a disagreement in the, in the heat of the moment. You kind of, you, you, you could say things you don't mean. You can, you know, you can say things that maybe aren't helpful or productive. Um, but I think once you've had time to reflect on the situation, take a step back and then revisit it with a cool, calm, collected, level mind, I think that can make all the difference in, in whatever the situation is. And I think being upfront, being honest is, is always the best thing to do with anybody, you know, speaking directly to them and, you know, just telling, telling your point of view, telling them how you feel. And, you know, like I said, being direct and being honest, I think, I think is always the best way to go. Yeah, that's really good like advice to try to set up a time one on one because then you can be honest and you're more calm and you have more time to think about what you're gonna say, like you're saying, instead of being in the heat of the moment and saying something that you might regret saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that pretty much concludes our interview, but we're not done with the episode because I was talking with boss man aka my dad the other day and he came up with a new segment called would you rather bible themed so right. it's gonna be really fun it's just your basic would you rather except it's more bible themed all right let's do it all right first one would you rather be cooped up in an ark feeding animals <laughs> 377 days like noah or lie on your side for 390 days like the prophet Ezekiel? <laughs> um, oh, it's a tough one. You know, me personally, I, I think, I think laying on your side would, uh, would, uh, would be a little boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it would get to you a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to say I would rather, I would rather be feeding, feeding some cool animals, you know, feeding some lions, feeding some giraffes <laughs> on a, on a cramped ark. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say you were going to pick the lie on your side for a second. And really? I, oh, no, really, no. Uh -uh. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could do that. Uh -uh. Okay, next one. So, would you rather have to hide spies in your house like Rahab or mm -hmm. hide a baby in your house from the Pharaoh like Moses' parents? Hmm. You know, uh, I would... Me personally, I am, you know, I would be scared, you know, I'd be scared hiding, hiding a, a baby from a pharaoh. Um, I, <laughs> I think that just that puts a little bit of a target on target on the back. So I would probably say hide spies. I think spies are, are cool in general, too. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty, pretty cool. Um, I'm going to go yeah. with the spies. <laughs> yeah, I think I picked that, too. I think my reason would be a little different, though. I would say. I feel like a spy would be able to be quiet, but if you have a baby oh, yes. and the soldier oh. comes bamming through the door and the baby starts crying and you'd uh -huh. be like, oh no. Oh, 100%. The baby would put you in some tough situations. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the baby would. Next one. Would you rather have to live through a famine or mm. go through 10 plagues? Oh gosh, that is just a lose-lose situation, huh? <laughs> um. <laughs> Ah, ten plagues. Um, I'm. I would say. Um, I would say probably probably ten plagues. Um, really? Yeah, and there, it, here's the reason. I think I think if I if I, if I found a little nook or a little cranny that I could just 
hide in <laughs> and stay away <laughs> from everybody else. Um, maybe, maybe I, I wouldn't go through as, as much suffering as I would a famine. Um, I feel like a famine is just, um, I feel like that would just be brutal and terrible. Um, not saying that a plague wouldn't, but maybe with a plague, I'd have a little bit of chance to, um, <laughs> to escape maybe just a little bit. <laughs> That's interesting. Cause I, I would actually pick the famine because really? the 10 plagues were the water turning to blood, frogs, lice, flies and it goes on and the last one is the killing of the firstborn child mm-hmm. and i'm the firstborn child in my family oh so <laughs> I, oh there I, you go yeah maybe you should I pick the famine, famine. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> that's why i would pick the famine <laughs> all right this is the final one all right do you rather be rescued from prison by an angel like paul mm-hmm. or have seen jesus's empty tomb Oh, oh, those are both good. Um, I would, I, I'd have to see Jesus's empty tomb. Um, I feel like that'd be such a, such a cool and, and culminating thing. I, I feel like that would be, you know, uh, that, that would yeah. just be indescribable. Um, I feel like that would be something that would just, I mean, blow me away. So I, I'm going to say Jesus's tomb for sure, but an angel, an angel coming to save you would be pretty awesome too. Yeah, I think. Oh, I don't know, because I feel like, because you know how they have, like, in Israel, they have, like, a place where they think is where Jesus is, mm-hmm. was buried? Yeah. Or I think I would want to go visit Israel one day and see that. I yeah. think that's interesting. Oh, 100%. I think, I think that'd be such a, such a cool moment, you know, um, in your, in your, in your path spiritually, but also just, you know, being able to see that I think would just be mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Yeah, I think that, like, even if it is in the place, it's still, like, it's still Israel. Like, it's mm-hmm. still a place that Jesus was when he was alive. So yeah. that's another reason that I would want to go visit Israel. A hundred percent. I think there was one more I actually didn't see. And this is my last one. Actually, All right. For real this time. <laughs> would you rather have been like Judeus and betray Jesus or like Peter and deny Jesus? Um, oh gosh. Um, I, this one's a hard one. Yeah, it is. It's a very, <laughs> um, which would I rather do? I, I think I would, I don't know. I would probably, I just don't think I'd be able to, um, to be able to live with, um, betraying Jesus. I just don't think that would be something that, you know, I think I would be, I'd be ridden with guilt, you know, be like Judas and he went and he killed himself. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I'd be able to, I don't think I'd be able to handle that. I, I would probably, you know, I, Again, though, they're both lose lose, but I think, yeah, I think I, I think I would rather, um, I'd rather deny deny Jesus, um, even though that that is still, you That's know, still pretty, wrong. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, I I'd pick that too because also the betrayal also led to Jesus dying, so I think I would pick exactly. I just I don't think I could, I don't think I could, I don't think I could muster that one. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Chris. Of course. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome.
Thank you guys also for listening and make sure you tell your friends and family members to listen. It's now available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. And remember, in all you do, do it all for God's glory. Thank you.